fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Week 14 Fantasy Preview Show. It's the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We're paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships. We're feeding fantasy wolves and we're breeding them. And yet at the same time, there's just a little bit of melancholy hanging over the set today. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me as always, in one of his braver, just gut check, digging deep, television performances, and he's had a lot. Uh, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. I know the answer to this question already, but I'm asking anyway. How you doing, Wolf? Fucking god-awful, Nat. <laughs> As you said, this one's going to really come from the core, the gut, everything I have to put together this show. Uh, unfortunately, I had one of those years, man, and I, I've actually never had one of those years, so I shouldn't say one of those years. I don't even know what one of those years feels like until right now where I was first in points in Michigan in eighth in one league third in points finished in ninth in a league and then just my other my my most important league back-to-back high scoring efforts rolling into the play just had to get one win against a shit-ass team and justin herbert and antonio gibson combined for five and i lose by six fucking just one of those years now i'm over three I, I, and, and people watching, why should I listen to an 0 for 3 guy? Well, still, top 20 in fantasy pros, still plenty of great things happening at Roto Street. So, I, I and again, first and third in points just fucking get demolished and steamrolled. One of those years, I don't know what I've done. The fantasy gods just love pl- bludgeoning me this year. It fucking hurts. It sucks. I've never not been alive come the fantasy playoffs in at least – I mean, I, I want to say three out of five leagues usually. I cut it down to three leagues, and now I'm, I'm fucking not in any of them. So I don't even know what this feeling is, Matt. But I will still obviously get you guys as prepared as possible for week 14. Wolfpack, send me a little love. Give me some good vibes so I can get through this fucking shit. We all hit that point every year. And I'm sure this is going to be you either next week or the, another week where it's just like, why the fuck do I do fantasy football? I never want to do this again unless you have a title. And then it's the best fucking thing in the world. And that's usually what it is. But right now, it is that point for me where it's like, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> why do I do fantasy football? Uh, so, Matt, let's fucking get it. I need you to carry me through this one today. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to carry you. This is a different kind of carrying than I did on Sunday when I literally <laughs> – I was like physically carrying you because you could barely even sit up. But, uh, yeah, this is I, – I get it. So, I did make the playoffs – but it's not as exciting as that. I mean, I limped into the playoffs. <laughs> like, I limped into the playoffs. Our team, five teams make the playoffs in our league. The four and the five have to play in the first round. I'm the five. Uh, and all the other teams that made the playoffs scored in, like, the 150 to 170 range. I think I scored, like, 110. Uh, it was just – it was brutal. It's been brutal. I've lost four of my last five games. Oh, so, man. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's like you know, you know those teams when they go into the playoffs. You're like, yeah, that that punk's getting knocked off. Can't wait to play that cream puff. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody wants to play me. Now, with that said, uh, the right now the the line on our game, we're both projected to score 143. So we'll see what happens. And I'm going to be asking, well, I'm going to ask you some questions on this show because these are Absolutely. the most significant starts that I'm going to have all year, and I do want to know what you have to say. 
All right. Absolutely. Let's get right in. Oh, wait, you know what? Before we get into it, let me kick it to you because I want you to do an ad read for like a great sponsor we've got that's been helping out a bunch of writers at the site. Maybe can help out some of our listeners and viewers too. So let me kick Absolutely. it to Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that one. Yeah, helping the writer, helping the Roto Street Journal crew and everybody out there too. If you want to help us out, hit that thumbs up button regardless of where you're at. YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, all that good stuff will help us get found. But what Nat is alluding to right here is the R coding site, which is awesome. And this summer, Roto World's Hayden Winks tweeted out, a great, great fantasy mind in himself, by the way, Hayden Winks. But he tweeted out, the fastest way to get hired in this fantasy space is to learn R and post things on Twitter. And he noted how dozens of people had done that and got hired in just the first week of the summer rush alone. But how can someone with little to no coding experience learn this programming language? Introducing Josh Larkey's R course found on thatrcodingsite.com. Josh, who you can find at tweets on Twitter, has used R to spearhead many analytical projects at thegreatplayerprofiler.com, including their expected points added, injury models, and breakout finder app. Forget the monotone lectures from the out-of-touch professors and their meaningless data sets. Everything in his course is centered around football, what we love, and designed for sports fans and complete coding beginners alike. By the end of Josh's 6-12 to week course, you'll be a freaking genius that will be able to create detailed visualizations, DFS optimizers, run your own predictive models and simulations, and so much more. Tackle one of the fastest ways to get hired full-time in the fantasy space, and who doesn't want to get hired full-time in fantasy, folks? That's why we're grinding over here at the Road Street Journal. Get hired by us. Learn code by going to thatrcodingsite.com. It's the word that, the letter R, and codingsite.com. Our writers just started, as Nat pointed out, last week, and they only had positive things to say. They met with Josh for one-on-one sessions it's great stuff so far wolfpack uh so if you're interested at all in coding especially coding that could help you get forward in the fantasy football space check it out that our coding site.com all right let's get right into it trainer's room we got a packed show tonight basically if you're still watching us right now like you're involved you, these are important, important, important pieces of information. These are important decisions to make. So thanks for hanging around. Uh, you know, like I said, the decisions I'm going to be making are the biggest ones I'm going to have to make where I have made all year. So you guys are probably still on the same boat. I uh, would love to hear from you in the comments. Let's get right into the trainer's room. Johnu Smith, knee injury. He was limited in Wednesday's practice. Also for Tennessee, A.J. Brown, ankle injury, is practicing. Thoughts on that real quick, Wolf? Actually, A.J. Brown is not practicing. So that one, uh, you got to correct. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, that's even more significant. And that's that one is uh, significant given that he suffered that ankle injury. So let me just correct that right here. Is it's not practicing. Sorry, guys. I, I, if anybody just listened to the read I did and immediately ran and changed their lineup, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the, the early expectation is he should probably give it a go. This has been somewhat of a routine all year where he sits out of practice, gets it going by the end of the week. But he did get hurt in the game. He ended up returning. He had, you know, four for 87. We also just got to watch Corey Davis go nuclear on the other side of him. 11 catches, 12 targets, like 158-yard touchdown. Crazy stats for him. Uh, But A.J. Brown, you know, didn't look like he was fully exploding off the line. Like, we're typical from him. Breaking through tackles, knifing through the defense. It wasn't your typical A.J. Brown following that, you know, Typical AJ Brown, 50-yard bomb, you know, monster. Then he he got rolled up on. It was a non-contact thing, so it looked bad at first, but he did end up returning. My guess is he gives it a go, but he, you know, and he's facing the Jags. You couldn't ask for a better spot, even if you're hampered, to do some damage. 
But this is going to be one of my guys I'm a little bit lower on for the week because, one, the Jags are so horrible that they might not have to throw it at all. Derrick Henry might run for 300 fucking yards. I mean, you, I know you're, you're down the dump stat, but you do have Derrick Henry against the Jaguars coming in. Like, you might not need anything else to get a W. He's going to steamroll. He's going to be great. A.J. Brown, you know, he's wide receiver five in the ECR. I have him down at wide receiver 12, you know, seven spots below. The ankle injury makes me a little nervous. The, the matchup should make you feel great. But honestly, you know, it only takes him one play. So he could still go off. He's still in your lineups for the most part if, if you own him. He's a top 12 receiver. You have to be pretty damn stacked to not have A.J. Brown in there. Uh, but I, I am a little bit skeptical. And this is one to track because they might hold him out given the soft matchup, given that they need to get him fully healthy for their playoff run make sure you monitor this one through the week was john o. smith did return the jaguars given up the, the fifth most points to tight ends a touchdown nearly every single week to the position could be right back in your streaming radar if you own him it sends anthony furkser back to the nothing pile uh no need for him at this point if john is back in there uh but those are your titans definitely and we just thought when they get behind it's a very explosive passing game but they're not going to get behind against the jaguars so i'm not expecting much from this passing game this week all right. Next up, Josh Jacobs, angle injury. He remained sidelined at Wednesday's practice. I mean, we saw Booker sub for him. He was on my team. I, did, I don't, did not start him, but he didn't do much in the week 13 spot that he got. So what do we think about this? And it was a better spot than he get this week. The Colts, a tough matchup, bottom five in terms of points allowed to running backs. So I don't think we should expect him to do much more. I mean, he was facing the Jets, uh, a layup matchup, giving up the most receptions to running backs. And they rotated out this gross-ass committee. Like, he still definitely saw the majority of the work. But Rashard was involved. Even the goal line, Rashard was involved. Didn't score any. Uh, but... It was not a clear cut. This is the Booker three down horse show, which I think a lot of us, including me, expected. And so you, you take away that type of role. So the volume isn't going to really be there. The matchup's certainly not going to be there. If you can't get it done against the Jets, you're not going to do it against the Colts. There could always be that like classic post hype, huge blow up that everybody was on in him. He sucks. So everyone gets off of him and then he blows up again. I don't buy it though. I have him 35. So, you know, barely usable flex if you're completely desperate but it, 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 you're not in the playoffs if you're this desperate to start you know booker just keep tracking jacobs maybe he'll be back but he still hasn't practiced now in two weeks straight i don't expect him back and i don't expect booker to be useful at all all right ian rapaport reported and so you know it's true antonio gibson <laughs> due to the toe injury is unlikely to play in week 14 against the 49ers Tough for somebody who's been riding Antonio Gibson or at least using him as a big piece to get there. And now all of a sudden you're <laughs> well, not you. Hello. You're out. Doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, not anymore, right? Yeah, what one so glad you're dead. Suffering's yeah. over, man. You're exactly right. <laughs> That's true. Like Homer Simpson has a great line one time when he he talks about the peace of the grave wistfully. He goes, Haha, the peace of the grave. That's where you are right now. <laughs> right. Nothing can hurt you anymore, man. That's a fair point. I, although I will be lying. Like so many people are like, well, now I'm knocked out. I can just watch football and enjoy it. Fuck that. No, like, fuck that. No way. Like That's it's not, the worst. I'm I not, do I don't even know where I want to watch football. Like <laughs> I get my Patriots on Thursday. I might just take a Sunday stroll to the park in the freezing cold weather. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Hey, yeah, is, why uh, not? is your girlfriend out? Is she <laughs> yeah. out? Yeah. 
No, she's in. So at least one of us has a. Oh, has a heart. I was gonna say you can take a walk with her, but she's probably watching football. Nope, her team's kicking ass. So uh, I'm like mine, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, Gibson, obviously, as you said, a crushing blow. You know, helping carrying people to titles. If you survive the injury of week 14 or week 13 for him, the week before he had 32. This is not an easy blow to have to absorb. The guy was top 15 in red zone carries, top 12 in carries from the 10 so i mean barber might inherit those but barber's fucking i mean you love him i know i know you're probably horny because peyton barber suddenly getting fucking used but i have no interest in peyton barber mckissick did see 10 targets 10 catches uh against the steelers and he's always been the main pass catching guy but it does just that much more uptick in him i do like him we'll talk about him later in running back higher lower hail mary uh it just sucks though. I mean, there's no immediate replacement. Yeah. You can scramble and try to get Barber, maybe Ty Johnson's out there on your waiver wire for the jets. We're going to talk about in a little bit. I think he's got some significant stretch run upside. If you lost Gibson, you got to throw all your marbles in to try to get Ty Johnson here this week. Uh, it, it absolutely blows. It's like, it's a big match. It's the four winners anyways, but Gibson was looking next level. He was looking like he really was ascending to be a next star running back after converting from wide receiver to the position huge blow for fantasy owners huge blow for the redskins uh he was such a focal point of their attack it sucks it just sucks it's brutal and i expect this to not just be a week 14 thing i mean toe as you know to, we say hamstrings and toes the one thing we don't really want to see given how long they can linger for toe being probably the worst of them it's brutal absolutely brutal um i don't i don't know that we're gonna see him again this year to be honest i'll bet we don't <laughs> yeah all right let's talk about the covid panthers Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, both on the reserve COVID list. Great. Yeah. Woo. I mean, if this happens, Robbie Anderson suddenly becomes an absolute <laughs> target monster. I mean, we talk about baths of targets. Dude would be freaking waterfall. Like, just whatever. I don't even know what imagery to use because there would be no one else to throw to. I don't, honestly don't even know who their fourth wide receiver is. It would also mean Christian McCaffrey returning from injury, we think we're going to talk about in a quick second here. Uh I mean, if he's playing, or if it's Mike Davis, whoever it ends up being, the running backs would also be heavily involved. Maybe Ian Thomas sees an uptick, but come on, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, you're not considering Ian Thomas. Uh, it just would mean Robbie Anderson gets his uptick. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be much less appealing as a streamer if he does not have two of his most explosive weapons, two of the best yards after the catch guys in the league being used to such perfection right now. It would hurt this whole entire offense tonight. Have them other than, you know, Robbie Anderson seeing again, a bath of targets. Uh, and also this guy seeing a bath of oh, targets. Play. I mean, I know is, is this guy, man, I don't even know where to start. Like what a devastating thing for someone who might've spent $70 on him in an auction. Yep. Right. Yep. Hypothetically. Could you put yourself in someone like that shoes? I wonder, I could probably walk 10 fucking thousand miles in those shoes, spend 70 bucks at an auction, uh, drafted him first overall that same night. That's what made me want to draft him in the auction, spend my whole budget on him. And then my only other league, I got to have the number two pick. I was like, this is the luckiest fucking year of my right. life. I never get the top of the draft. So I got Saquon and I got Christian Ooh. McCaffrey across my leagues. What a wow. year. I fucking love fantasy football, Matt. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Especially Christian McCaffrey, who's not even, you know, he, this quad injury, a new fucking injury that he suffered on his own during a workout now. Would what? you, let me ask you this, because yeah. I mean, we're, you know, whatever, as far as this year goes, bigger picture, would you be hesitant to, to draft him as high next year? Like, I mean, now that injuries are factored in, I mean, you've now seen him. I mean, we've seen the production when he's healthy. 
I mean, what I know it's a long way away. Is this guy still like just a points machine that you're going number one on next year? Number one, I don't know. I it's a great question. I I should just make my 2021 big board. I know like, you got time. You know, at this point, yeah, it's Sunday. Maybe I'll do my 2021 board on Sunday. To be honest, he he's going to be top three, like at worst. Because uh, I mean, even yes, it's been so frustrating. But he hadn't missed an NFL game before this year. It sucks that he got paid, and then all this happens. I don't expect him to be one of those guys that like he gets his bag and then he suddenly mails it in. I don't think Christian McCaffrey's made. I don't it think that he's going to mail it in. I'm just one. I mean, are you concerned about lingering it, injuries? Like you said, this quad thing's new. It's new. It, it's like a new thing every fucking week with the guy. It it is concerning that he went from like a hundred percent snap player, so many touches, was a monster. Like those touches do end coming back and catching up. Is it already happening for him? Maybe. I I'll give him. You know the fact that we've had literally zero missed games entering this year, and now it's happening. I might just consider this a shitty ass year for McCaffrey. And it's like, okay, give the guy an off season. You know, he's a workout fucking monster. Like he'll get himself back in shape. He'll be good to go. I'd have a hard time passing up to him anywhere. I mean, maybe honestly, even still number one, when he's played, he's, he's still averaging the most points among running backs per game. It's just a matter of you only got four games of it, but he's over 30 PPR fantasy points per game right now. I mean, the guy's insane. And I expect him to fight through this. I expect him to play. And he, is maybe only behind Derrick Henry in my rankings, assuming he's good to go, especially with all those injuries at wide receiver. The receiving totals could be insane for McCaffrey, assuming he's in. So, I, yeah, it's a great question. Like, does this give me pause? Uh, more pause than entering this year. He seemed like he was literally like you couldn't go wrong with McCaffrey. There was the ultimate floor, the highest floor and the highest ceiling in the game. It, there was nothing that could go wrong for him besides maybe an injury that he hadn't suffered ever in his career. And he just suffers a million of them this year. Cause I, I drafted him as long as I don't draft him next year, he's going to be fucking fine. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Um, the Ravens have activated Mark Andrews off the reserve COVID list. I mean, he's a must start obviously. A hundred percent. And especially this week against Cleveland, giving up the most points to tight ends. Actually, that might be the jets. Now that Darren Waller literally whipped it out and fucking wheelhouse it and slapped him in the face eight different times. He was uh, catching balls, like using his dick as like a lasso. Exactly. It was insane. Uh, it was absolutely unbelievable that, that you got that from your tight end 50 points in my league. Cause you get a bonus for the 200 yards, just insane from a tight end 50 points, uh, ridiculous edge, but Andrews could do something similar against Cleveland. Maybe not 50 points. There's certainly not going to be that much aerial pie ever available in a Ravens attack. I bet you he has a patented two touchdown day. Uh, now that he's activated, there's only Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller above him. He's my number three tight end for the week. The matchups there, Lamar looks like he's cooking again after that Tuesday night, Tuesday night football. I mean, this year, this year, what the fuck is 2020 at this point? I, I think Mark Andrews, obviously a must start if you own him. Uh, and my number three tight end, I think he's going to smash this week. All right. Uh, Justin Jackson, knee IR return to practice Wednesday. I don't even really want to talk about it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't either. But the only reason I bring it up is if something happens to Eckler, he's been by far the most impressive of the backs behind him. I know Kalen Bellage had his brief moment in the sun. Uh, you know, Josh Kelly just blows. There's no, nothing to do with him. So uh, of the guy that like you sit there on the wave line, like, hmm, who could end up becoming a guy everyone starts scrambling for? Justin Jackson might become that if the injury imp hits Eckler again. So just in case you have, you know, Eckler and you want to handcuff him or a bench bash, you're like, all right, let's stash running back, come into some serious value. Jackson still has 
lingering upside if anything does ever happen to Eckler. So maybe a stash for the the bench trash that you just need to cut. A decent handcuff is all that really amounts to. Fine. That's all the airtime I want to give him. Daniel Jones, hamstring injury, was limited in Wednesday's practice. He is expected to play in week 14 for the surprisingly kind of surging Giants, huh? Insane. Like, where do these Giants come from? Beating the Seahawks. And and we can can make jokes about the NFC least. Oh, yeah, we can. We can do that. The Washington football team just beat the only unbeaten team in the NFL. What is going on in that conference? What is going on in that division? It makes no sense how these teams in this godforsaken division are suddenly becoming, beating the cream of the crop of the NFL. Maybe everyone's just playing down to the competition. I I don't know. Do you have a theory on like why? I I have no theories. I I saw the same good wins that you saw, but I also, they still suck. I I don't know. I mean, you know, I saw the Eagles. I, I saw the Washington football team. I, I saw, I've seen the Cowboys. I've seen the Giants. The Giants have a good defense. But other than that, like, I mean, they, they're just they're really bad teams. Yeah, horrible. Uh, I don't get how it's happening. I, no. I think a lot of it is they, they have good de- defensive fronts. Um, you, the, the, when you look at Washington and when you look at the Giants, and when you get it done in the trenches, uh, on the defensive side of the ball at least, it, it, that leads to some huge things. And and that's what happened against the pit, the, the Steelers. So what happened for the Giants against the Seahawks. They, they can get it done on defense, especially in front of their defense. Um, so I, I am intrigued to see what happens. I think the offense is certainly a lot more high powered, <laughs> high powered being very, very loose, high powered when you high have for an NFC East team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we go from Colt McCoy who threw for exactly 105 yards on uh, Sunday to Daniel Jones, who can sling it. It certainly will help a guy like Darius Slayton, who needs a guy that can get him the rope that can give him the trust type of throws that Daniel Jones says. We saw Sterling Shepard have a dud of a week. Like all, this is all about the pat, all the passing game ships rising when you get Daniel Jones at quarterback. So it's great to see him back. Great to see him back in an easy ass matchup against Arizona. Tur- it's a horrible defense overall. Uh, so I like the Giants' pass options this week. Like Daniel Jones is a really like Hail Mary type of flyer. If he got dropped during his injury and you need a quarterback, look to him. I, I don't mind him at all. I'm very who, – who do you think is going to come out of that division? Just I know it's not a fantasy question, but like who, who emerges out of the NFC least? I think the Giants do. You think they keep it? You think they keep that gig? And I mean, I, I hate saying something like that because it sounds for a second like I'm endorsing the Giants in some way, and I'm not. Like I think they suck, but I'm just, you know, in the in the land of the blind, the one the one eyed man is king. <laughs> I think they, they might they might be the most one eyed manish in that division. I don't know. There it's not going to be the Cowboys. I can tell you that. I, I like it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move along. Debo Samuel foot injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. And that, I mean, somewhat note, but that happened last week. There's a lot of maintenance that's going in with him. They know he's such a clear focal point of this offense, or at least I fucking thought he was until Monday night. He got nice 10 points, but it really was Gibson that killed me. Regardless of my fantasy woes, I don't want to bring that into the analysis here. Debo looks as good as ever. I mean, I watched that game. You know when you have a fantasy player in a game, you just zoom in on him and you just watch everything he does, every single snap. We all do it. I did that to Debo this last week. do it with DK. Yep. Oh, oh, and that's what better person to just watch like fucking tear up an NFL field. I mean, good Lord, DK. Uh, but Debo's amazing too. He really is. He's a lot of forget that he was like among the best of this 
ridiculous sophomore class last year. He put up some of the best stats of any of them. And he's looking so dangerous after the catch still, as we all know. But his routes, he, he's, he can really cook. I thought he was wide open all night. I was screaming for Nick Mullins to hit him. Uh, he just wasn't looking his way. The yeah, thing usually with- Nick Mullins, so, so like precise and accurate. Yeah, <laughs> just sailing it everywhere, all over the fucking field, useless. And, and that's the one thing that sucks with Debo is you're tied to Nick Mullins, who can't make a goddamn throw. Uh, but but he is so good after the catch. He's just runs wide open so often. You gotta just hope Mullins starts seeing him. You know, it obviously he went down from the 13 targets with Ayuk on the field. Ayuk's a great player too, so he also got a ton of work as well, deservedly so. So it's interesting to see how these two work out. They're facing you know the Washington football team this week, the second least points, two wide receivers. But Debo's the type of guy that is kind of matchup proof in the way that he's not used like your typical receiver. He's motioning, he's getting jet screens and, and sweeps and all that gr- good stuff. So I like Debo. I imagine it's just a maintenance thing for him. He looks fully healthy and they're just recognizing how big of a part of the offense he is. Let's not overwork him in practice. Let's get this guy healthy so we can pepper him during the game. He's I'm plus five ECR on him. I'm, I'm big into Debo Samuel each and every week. I think the guy's a monster. All right. Speaking on Wednesday, Zach Taylor, ruled Joe Mixon, who had been on the IR with a foot injury out for week 14, but stated, and this is a direct quote, there's a possibility that he plays again this season. Other things there are a possibility of. Well, here's one of my favorite things that is a possibility. Uh, There's there's like ER doctors all the time that talk about people coming into the emergency room with various things crammed up their asses. (laughs) And the explanations are always very innocent. Like, oh, yeah, I know the I know the remote control is rammed up my ass. It was just sitting on the couch and I sat down on it. And the th- wouldn't you know it? The thing just went right up my ass and got lodged up there. And now I literally can't get it out. I have to go to the emergency room. Is, is it a possibility that that is an accurate description? Sure. It's a possibility. It's not too fucking likely. and it's not too too fucking likely we see joe mixing again this season (laughs) that's a very we should mic drop that's it yeah that's all we need that's all your joe mixing analysis right there i'm just gonna say that's a pretty specific example there truth i mean have you had a couple clickers up your ass like what's going on there no 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 but it's my favorite thing It, it is a recurring thing that when somebody talks about something being a possibility like there's a chance like so you're saying there's a chance yeah like i've seen so many funny articles about like here are the following things that er doctors like had to pull out of someone's ass this year and they all their explanations are never just like yeah i was messing around and i crammed right. something on my ass it's always like oh yeah you wouldn't believe what happened it was this yeah. just crazy set of circumstances that i ended up with this thing here and so i'm always uh, that's always my example when we're talking about something being a possibility <laughs> what a wormhole to find yourself in literally. <laughs> for all you that have been hanging around for that you know i hope you appreciated that analogy joe mixon's hey. not coming back folks joe, joe mixon shoved up an asshole and, and that remote didn't that remote didn't end up up that guy's ass innocently <laughs> exactly he did it on back geo bernard this week against dallas should have some streaming value uh but rest of the season it's really so matchup dependent we know against dallas anyone can get it done uh but very few defenses are going to warrant a Gio Bernard or any Bengals starts. Uh, so yeah, possibility, you know, Joe Milton's up an ass. There you go. So uh, Dolphins running back Salvin Ahmed, shoulder injury. He did not practice Wednesday. Brita and DeAndre also out. It's the Gaskin show. As it was last Sunday. Uh, I mean, he didn't find the end zone, but man, that guy's a workhorse. I love not a great talent, but just fed. 
and fed and and good enough talent in the sense that he always is falling forward. He's always moving. He's always he can catch it. Like he just does it all. And you're gonna get another do it all game for Miles Gaskin. So top 10 running back in my opinion uh just because of the volume the opportunity he's going to be in on 80 percent of snaps again there's just no one else to go to and and why go to anybody else too the way he's playing solid option just firm steady like reliable he's like he's like the honda fucking civic of like running backs just like nothing sexy but just nope. gonna last and gonna do nope. it yeah you know, we, we, were, we were a two before we moved out here we were a two honda civic house when we lived in your neck of the woods there you and go. They we weren't we weren't impressing anybody, but they got us to working back. They just do the job. No, <laughs> and that's the thing with Gaskin. He's not gonna blow you away. He's not gonna swing you your week necessarily, but he's never gonna lose it. He's he's gonna get you your job. He's gonna do, you know, he's your running back too. He's gonna get you 15 points. Bam, boom. Love it. And, and that's what you're gonna expect again this week with everybody else out. All right. DeAndre Swift, illness. Was limited at Wednesday's practice. Kenny Dow, Galladay, I don't even, they didn't practice. I mean, he's got a hip issue, whatever. Illness. I love it when there's an illness and it doesn't say COVID. I know. And what's going on with him, though? It's, it's so weird. Like, is it a concussion-related illness? A lot of the symptoms they're saying are like, when you suffer a bad head injury, these are the symptoms that continue to linger. And that's kind of scary, like, for this dude's overall just, like, mental well-being and also just his his well-being for the rest of the season like do you really want to put this guy out there if he had lingering concussion symptoms i mean he, he's shown flashes of being a potential future franchise like centerpiece he is really good i love deandre swift i was advising everyone buy this guy and he showed why the first two weeks he was blowing up when he finally got used i hope he's okay i hope he's good to go i mean we all know that like ominous quote from adrian peterson just a couple of weeks ago maybe even last week where it's like it just doesn't look like the same guy he doesn't have the same energy he's just like kind of dead it sounds like me after losing all my fantasy playoff matches like i'm just not the same human being although deandre swift is not the same human being because he's getting crushed by 280 pound monsters so i guess he has a more legitimate excuse than i fucking do in my human being life he over here but yeah i hope he's okay he gets the green bay packers this week so if he's out there i mean he's very viable to play the second most points to backs only detroit's giving up more who they're facing uh this week I think he should be fine if he plays. He's got to be in your lineup, in my opinion. Where, whereas Galladay, out again. It's like, fuck you, Galladay. Wasted pick. Useless loser. Uh, fucking awful asshole. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., though, has been killing it in his absence. Had a huge 21-point day last week. Jair Alexander might lock him down, but uh, I, I'm intrigued by this new Lions attack. I'm going to save that because we're going to talk about Stafford a little bit later. I really like what I saw of the Lions this week, though. I'm intrigued to, to keep breaking them down for sure. All right, last but not least on what has been a very long injury report, Rappaport reports that Drew Brees, who's been on the IR with a rib injury, I feel like he broke like half the ribs in his body, yeah. is targeting a week 15 return. If Alvin Kamara owners can stay in the playoffs that long, that might help him out, huh? That's probably the biggest implications of all this is Alvin Kamara, right? He's only caught, I think, three total balls in the Taysom Hill era, which is just killer uh, to his fantasy value. That's obviously what makes Alvin Kamara so damn special. So yeah, the week 15 would be a great arrival. A lot of owners of Alvin Kamara do have buys, so that could be huge for you. But then there's also like, why are they going to rush Breeze back? Because Hill's undefeated. The team's playing fired up ball next to him. There's doesn't seem to be a reason to like force Breeze in unless he is fully good to go. And as you said, it was like, 
I mean, it, the amount of broken ribs was like, do we actually have that many ribs in a human body? Like, I didn't realize. Uh, he literally broke like half. Every single one of them. Like, it was, it was a horrible punk yeah. lung. Goodyear, he's okay. Like, he's, he's doing well. Obviously, again, Alvin Kamara would be a nice stock up. Um, I just am not certain the Saints are going to, like, roll. The, again, with him being undefeated, Taysom Hill, the, the team rallying around him the way they are. I'm not convinced we're going to see Drew Brees in the regular season. That would be interesting if they roll with Hazem Hill. He goes undefeated the rest of the season. Like, what happens in the playoffs then if, if you go undefeated with this guy? That's another hypothetical for another fucking day, I guess. Um, but if he's a Week 15 return and he's out there, then yeah. I mean, he's got a great schedule uh, for those last two weeks. So good, good to stash Brees. I've seen him dropped in a lot of leagues. Take, put him on the bench and see what happens because obviously his weapons are elite and those last two matchups aren't too scary at all. All right, let's get into the burning questions right away since we took a long, long time on those. Look, those injuries are significant. It might be your last game of the season if you're still in it. So figure it every bit of information we could give you, we're giving it to you. Let's get into burning questions. Number one, what will the Jalen Hurts experience bring, positive or negative, for Eagles skills players? I mean, let's, can, let's just name something real quick. Carson yeah. Wentz looks just awful. awful. Jalen Hurts came in. And looked really bad. Didn't look good either. <laughs> but he, he did. Really, make- no, but I mean, you know, you could you could convince yourself watching it. You're like, eh, he's okay. And, and it's like he really wasn't. But like yeah. Carson Wentz has been just so bad that I was able to convince myself a couple of times. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. Right. It's one of those situations where it's like it can only go up, right? Like you think, you hope. Jalen Hurts is like. Remember when we thought that? But hold on, let me give yeah. you a counter example. Let me give you a counterexample there. Okay. Do you remember the quarterback crap fest, fest carousel? I, I coined some phrase like that years ago. Uh, Houston. We, yeah, <laughs> Houston. And then they brought in Brock Osweiler. And we were like, well, look what DeAndre Hopkins put up with like this like carousel of losers. Yeah. It's, it's got to be better with Brock Osweiler, right? Wrong. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be better. No. I mean, it could be. Could the bar is not super high, but it doesn't have to be better. No. And I think that's a good point is for fantasy purposes for Jalen Hurts himself, the quarterback position in the Eagles, I am more excited than I would have ever been to have to start Carson Wentz. So the dude's only 1% owned. Like if you are, I think he's up to like 5% now with uh, people that can get early ads in. Ultimately, if you can, if you need a two QB stream or anything of that nature, I actually am pretty intrigued by Jalen Hurts mostly because of the rushing upside. The dude had you know almost 30 yards and just over a quarter of play. He's athletic, he can move in the pocket, and he can scramble. And we've seen Taysom Hill. He's the quarterback three in fantasy over his last three starts. Uh, only two other quarterbacks have scored more points than Taysom Hill since he became the starter. That's because he fucking runs all over the place. So Jalen Hurts could have that type of Konami cheat code upside, and he has a good enough arm. We saw him rope a nice touchdown over into the breadbasket. I uh, had a good throw to Jalen uh, Rager on the sidelines. But you're right. Like, yeah, let's touch, calm down a little bit. Let's the anticipation. The but I'm just saying, for his own value, fantasy wise, I bet you he scores top 15 ish this week just because he can run it. Like he might get you 70 rushing yards and maybe a rushing score this week, which. At quarterback is huge. He doesn't have to be that good of a passer. I mean, honestly, I don't know that he actually is that good of a passer, and it won't no, really matter. I know he, if he is. He's and, not. And Taysom Hill's not either, though, and no. he's still scoring as the quarterback three since he took over. So he for plays Taylor, for the Saints, not the Eagles, though. Yes, better weapons, better run offense, all that stuff. I agree. But still, better coach. 
Better, exactly. All of it's better for Taysom Hill. His setup is better. There's no argument about that. But Jalen Hurts does have weapons around him. Goddard's exploding these last few weeks. Rager can be explosive. Yeah, known for Alshon Jeffrey's corpse they wheel out there every for a couple <laughs> plays a game. Waste. Why are they putting that loser on the field? I mean, Travis Fulgham isn't a world beater, but he's No, no, not. he sure isn't. No, but his his quarterback rating when targeted is like 100, whereas Alshon Jeffries is 0.00. Wentz averages, I think it was Pat Thorman who tweeted this out, Wentz averages a higher passer rating when he throws it out of bounds than when he targets Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> I don't know how that can actually happen, but it's the truth. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's is useless. But they, there are okay weapons around him, certainly not what the Saints have. Um, I, I'm just intrigued because of the rushing upside. That's really what this all boils down to. The Konami upside is very real. So if you are desperate for a two quarterback streamer or your quarterback is crap and you somehow are in the playoffs, I think Jalen hurts is well worth a long look for that sense. I do think the skill positions, you know, especially the tight ends that are just those nice touch throws and over the middle at Goddard, I, I still hope can get it done. Um, I am nervous for those like, you know, the, the throws that Wentz can make, uh, they might not be there for Jalen Hurts. So we will see. And it's a tough ask. The first game, the Saints defense, it's rolling right now. Um, but it is definitely at least one of the most burning things to watch is how does this dude fare in his first true NFL start? And what type of offense do they craft around him? Very intriguing. Oh, all right, fine. All right, we're moving on to question two. Have the Ravens returned to a three-headed nightmare or were they just easing Dobbins back in? Yeah. I mean, the snap count was not encouraging. Not at all. 21 for Dobbins, 18 for Gus, 11 for Mark Ingram. And why not just to sell six more? Just disgusting. Back to the three-headed nightmare that has made nobody particularly usable. Now, we did get 101 yards out of Edwards. We got 71 and a touchdown out of Dobbins. We had useful performances, but let's remember this was against the Dallas Cowboys. Anybody can run against the Dallas Cowboys. You could give Truth 15 carries and you'd have 100 yards against these fucking shit bums. So I, I am not – like if this continues on and it's this type of snap count, there's going to be plenty of days where Dobbins puts up two points like we were dealing with in the beginning of the season. My guess, my hope, is they were just easing him in. I'm not going to start Dobbins this week. I, I'm bumping him down in my rankings. I had him high in the chance that we were going to see him get you know peppered last night. He did not. I'm going to put him below a lot of people because this is a risk. You cannot, in your fancy playoffs, trust a Ravens running back because if it is the three-headed nightmare, the Browns do one thing good on defense. That's stop the run. They are horrible against the pass. This is the definition of a pass-funnel defense. Um, and, and I imagine that Lamar is going to be taking to the air and running it more himself than anything. Uh, so I'm not trusting Dobbins. I would love to see this week, can we trust him moving forward? So it's a, definitely a question to watch. Uh, but no, this was not an encouraging game by any means this last week. All right. Question number three of the burning variety. Is Cam Akers the official workhorse for the Rams? It sure looked like it last week. 21 of the 28 carries, 72 yards and a score. Seven of his carries coming inside the 10-yard line. I mean, he should have had multiple touchdowns with the work he was getting. Um, 52 snaps compared to 17 for Daryl Henderson and 13 for Malcolm Brown. That's a workhorse. That's the definition of a workhorse. Now, he's getting the Patriots who – aren't really that good on Rundy. Like they, their points allowed are like middle of the pack, but I think they're 27th in terms of rushing yards allowed. They, they took some big hits with, with opt outs on COVID in terms of the Rundy. I think acres we'll find out tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Is this guy going to be the horse? And I think the answer to that question is going to be yes. And I, I think stretch run wise, 
He's going to be a beast. Of course, it, it, he goes in that like Corey Davis pile for me where I paid a ton of my auction for him. Didn't get anything of him whenever I started him. Cut him. Last week, my opponent picked him up, played him against me. He had a nice like 16 points. And again, I lost by fucking eight. Uh, so I fucking hate Cam Akers forever. I think he's a fucking asshole for all those reasons. But those reasons are also going to lead to him to be a pretty good fantasy player down the stretch, as I think we're going to all realize tomorrow night. All right. Will, Matt, Matt Stafford continue surging with Jabba the Hutt Patricia gone. Just going to Star Wars geek out for you for a second. Hutt is spelled with two T's in the Star Wars universe. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that one. Uh, my fault, Truth. I did not mean to offend you and you fucking Well, actually, uh, Jabba the Hutt is spelled with two T's. Yeah, double that T up. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Stafford lit it up this last weekend. 402 yards, season high, three touchdowns. Uh, highest yards per attempt, 9.6 per attempt. They were slinging that fucking rock under Daryl Bevel. The hut with two T's, it's gone. And that led to a faster pace as they promised, more deep shots as they promised. And he had no one to throw to. I mean, only Marvin Jones is like a viable weapon on this offense. But Cephas was catching 60-yard bombs. Like, this was great to see. And I want to see this offense continue to push the pace, continue to push it downfield. You certainly are going to have to against Green Bay, which is why I'm all aboard the Matt Stafford train rest of season, uh, especially this week. We're going to get to higher lower Hail Mary in a second. He's one of my guys. Love right. that. Well, before that, last burning question, can Todd Johnson and Kiki Cutie be waiver wire stretch run heroes? I mean, I can tell you right now, I think Gore is going to be playing. So oh, I, don't is know. He? I, I don't know. I've seen conflicting reports. I mean, have you seen that he's out? No, but because, he suffered a concussion, and that made me nervous about him. I mean, he's he's listed as questionable. Right now, he's projected to score 10 on ESPN. I know that doesn't mean anything necessarily, but it's not like they're saying he's not playing. I think he – so, I mean, concussion protocol typically lingers. I, I would not be projecting Frank Gore for know, 10. We saw Allen Robinson come off it pretty fucking fast a couple That's weeks ago. That's very true. Yeah, he did. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a coin flip. So, I mean, you know, I know this is your burning question – Ty Johnson would, and, and not, until I hear that Frank Gore is not playing, Ty Johnson would kind of scare me. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm going into this assuming Gore is not playing. If he is, then Ty Johnson can go fuck himself. Like he's not going to do anything. Um, but ultimately, when when Gore was out, Ty Johnson played 39 of 62 snaps, so well over half. 19 for Adams, two for Gore. He had 22 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown, ran 14 pass routes. That was the most among Jets running backs. So in short, he was a three-down monster. I think Ty Johnson, if he keeps that role against the Seahawks team, giving up the 10th most points to running backs, could be in a great spot to to surge yet again. And should he have two back-to-back really monster games like that? How could – if anybody could fuck that up, it's Adam Gase. But my guess is – they had to keep riding this guy. Let's see what we have. Um, now he's escaped job of the hut with two T's over in Detroit. He's definitely uh, seems to be surging for me. I like Ty Johnson. I think he could blow up down the stretch and cutie had that monster game, nine uh, targets, eight catches on him, 141 yards. Like, I, I mean, I was skeptical cause he hadn't done anything since his rookie year. Yeah, Why wouldn't you be? But you know, back to that 11 catch form where we saw in his rookie year where, where he lo- like Watson loves this guy. 
running wide open. Uh, I'm a big fan of Cutie. I mean, he looks good whenever he gets used. And yeah, he's a brittle slot guy. Like, and sure, he gets the the Bears a tough matchup, but nine targets in 141 yards or nine targets in 141 yards. You know, the Bears are a, are a tough matchup when it's convenient. I mean, we just saw the the Packers slice and dice them like right. they were like they weren't even on the field. So, and you want to know how I know that? Because I picked up the Bears defense last week yeah. <laughs> because I thought it was a favorable matchup, and I got fucked in the ass. Wasn't it? Uh, it was. Uh, it was Matthew Stafford slicing and dicing them last week. Oh yeah, that was the week before that the Packers did it. I'm just saying, like they're they are a defense that gets abused periodically and still somehow gets credit for being this good defense. Absolutely, and and Khalil Max questionable to play right now, and also I mean, don't we buy the that they're like this great defense. They're not. No, and they're not. And Deshaun Watson, too, came out today and was like, I wonder why they never interviewed me. Because remember, he's the same draft as Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky, who the Bears traded up for. There's always that, like, we saw it with DK just a couple weeks ago, where they passed up on him for, J- J- uh, the Eagles did, for uh, J-Jaw. Like, hmm. there's there's this kind of added incentive with somebody, or a team clearly needed a quarterback, and they passed on you, and they got it dead wrong. Well, you want to prove to them that much more how wrong they were. So I could see Watson going kind of berserk. Uh, and Kiki Cutie would He's been him. going berserk every week. Like Watson, Watson's been going berserk every week. I don't think it's going to be any different kind of berserk. But I, I, I think Cutie will potentially put up pretty big numbers. And I think until we see different, Watson's going to go on business as usual. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's get into higher, lower, and Hail Mary. Guy that we're higher on. You already just talked about him briefly. Yeah. Uh, going against the Packers, QB 10, that's four spots better than the experts. You've outlined a little bit of why you like Stafford here, but like finish it up. Yeah, exa- exactly what I outlined earlier. The faster pace removed from Jabba the Hutt with two Ts, Matt Patricia, uh, threw for a season high in yards, yards per attempt, uh, most points for the Lions. Like this, this offense seems to be finally unshackled, even with limited receiving options. There is a chance we still get Galladay back. And DeAndre Swift, two huge additions to the passing game. And even if we don't, uh, Green Bay, you know, is going to put up their points. So you know Stafford's going to have to sling. And Bevel seems smart enough that he's going to sling at a very fast pace and at a very deep pace, too. So I love him in this matchup in comeback mode uh, all day. Give me Matthew Stafford chucking that rock on the field for another 400-yard, two to three touchdown day. I'm all about it, Matty Staffs. All right, I love this one. The guy you're lower than, Russ Wilson. This is where the Wolf makes his money. Uh, He's going against the Jets. Wolf's got him as his QB7. That's six spots below the experts. That's right. Do the math. The experts have got this guy number one. The Wolf's saying, nope, number seven. That's significant. Explain that one. Walk, Walk us through this. This could be a huge, huge piece of information. Yeah, and I mean, it, honestly, this is one that could just also blow the fuck up in my face. Like, could Russ chuck six touchdowns against the Jets? Of course, anybody can fucking do that. Like, there's no doubt he could have himself a monster day. That's not out of the realm of possibilities. But this is one of those ones where, similar to Tannehill and A.J. Brown and some of these guys I'm also a little bit lower on, the easy matchup might work out against Russ because they're going to put the points up early. And I think they're going to, you know, you've seen the Seahawks team go from let Russ cook. 
I mean, he had three or more touchdowns in every game but one. He was like the fantasy MVP for the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight games of the season maybe. The the best, literally the best player in fantasy, and he was untouchable. He didn't score less than 22 points. And then for whatever reason, I think it's more so because Jamal Adams is back, the defense is getting a little bit back in shape. They've gone right back to let's pound it, let's bleed clock, Let's fucking get in, you know, smash a team out without really having to do anything fancy. And since then, you know, and that switch happened right around week seven or so. We had a game, uh, no, it was right around week nine, rather. Because again, Russell had four touchdowns against San Fran and three against Buffalo. After that, he had zero touchdowns against LA, two against Arizona, but only 197 yards, one against Philly, one against the Giants. He's been the quarterback 20, uh, he's been the quarterback 19, 12, 19, and 21. So he hasn't even sniffed the top five, let alone the top 10 in four straight weeks. And it, it's very clear just watching a Seahawks game that they're just bleeding clock and being disgusting. Uh, so he makes me nervous. Could he smash against the Jets? Of course. But he also had a green matchup against Arizona. He also had a green matchup against Philly where he only put up 19. And the Giants weren't anything threatening. He put up 16. Like, as good as Russell Wilson is, this is nothing against Russell Wilson, the talent. Unbelievable. Probably the best quarterback outside of Mahomes in the NFL. He should be able to destroy and dismantle the Jets for the number one quarterback points. But the system and scheme are not there to that. The huge lead is going to mean they're just going to bleed the clock the rest of the day. They should have no problem stopping the Jets on defense. So I don't see any type of script where it was before what was leading to so many points was the other team was putting up their points against the Seahawks and he had to just keep slinging. That's not going to happen against the Jets. So I think it's too easy of a matchup. And that's why instead of being quarterback one, I have him towards number 10 or so. That's how I feel about him. I don't know. Am I psycho now? What do you think? Um, I can't tell. I would be scared to have Wilson number one. I can tell you that. And I I love watching the Seahawks, and I am a Wilson fan. I'm a Metcalf owner. Uh, I know the Jets are what they are. It's been so inconsistent lately, and I've seen not not just inconsistent, but like I've just seen bad decisions that I'm not used to seeing from him. I mean, this could just be kind of like a a a weak spell that he's going through. I I don't know. I have no idea if you're right or not. I think it's a gutsy call. I see why you're making it. Um, you know, and of course he's going to throw for six touchdowns in five. Exactly. As soon as I go, anyway, this is what the wolf says. I will see what happens. I'm going to be watching a little closer because I, I know this pick uh, from you. All right. Hail Mary Trubisky. You know, this guy got picked over Mahomes and Watson. Uh, <laughs> so your guy again, going against Houston, 13% owned. Yeah. I love this guy's a Hail Mary every week. The schedule's there. The, the upside is there. Is he the end of the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick? He could be. I mean, last week it didn't get done. I, I liked him as a Hail Mary last week. He had Detroit. It should have got done, and it didn't. He still threw for 267. He still put a touchdown up, but that was it, 13 points. Usually you get multiple scores, some rushing yards to go with it. He had six rushing yards last week. We haven't seen that unleashed like Trubisky running quarterback in quite some time. I think Houston could be a great spot. They're giving up the most rushing yards per game to everybody uh it's a very weak defense in that sense they're down their top corner and bradley roby uh because of peds i think i think this is a week where we see trubisky sling for two to three touchdowns right around 270 yards or so because i do think watson could on the other end again show like you drafted this fucker over me and then trubisky's gonna try to be like okay i can keep pace i swear and he probably won't but he'll at least be slinging and even if he throws a couple picks 
that's going to end up leading to fantasy goodness, fantasy points. Um, so I, I'm into Trubisky. I think he's a great Hail Mary at only 13% owned. Um, I'm trying to think of like who I'd rather have, him or Jalen Hurts as my quarterback too. Trubisky. I think I'd rather have Trubisky in there. I'd rather um, have Trubisky. Let me ask yeah, you a question before we go on to running backs. Yeah. Uh, who, If you saw Trubisky in the bar and you were trying to pick him up, like what's he look like? What's he, what's he like? Fuck, that's a good one. Like, I know. I, it came to me. I was like, I wonder what Trubisky would look like sitting at the bar. Sitting at the bar. What is Trubisky? What type of uh, pickup is he? I mean, again, it's like it's one of those. It's like the most erratic pickup of all time. Like it, it could be the best night of your life. It's one of those ones we've talked about, right? Like it's. I feel like she, I feel like he wouldn't necessarily be the type that at the end of the night you might get your tires slashed. But it's like you might find yourself at some point like you think you're gonna have a good time, and then you just find your, like he's just like crying for like two hours for no reason, and you don't know why. You know what I mean? And you're like, hey, it's all right. And then you're just like, why the why the hell did I bring this guy home? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm stuck with this guy now. Doesn't, doesn't he seem more that type than, like, the tire slashing type? Yep. I, I could see that totally. Right. Exactly. Not a psycho in, in that sense. But certainly but you might not have a good time. Tell you all about, like, his, his most recent family losses of the last 10 oh, years. Yeah. And <laughs> you're up till 3 you're, in the morning. Listening like, to it. Yep. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, well, yes, it's yeah. about time to hit the hay. <laughs> <laughs> really digging in for the cuddles and like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. like you can't sleep because they're all over you. And no, just, I think we see this guy the same way. Right, exactly. And the only way it works out good is like if you're drunk enough to sleep through the cuddles and you just like you just pass out and right. it just like, you know, <laughs> you just right. end up getting yourself all the way to sleep because you put pound enough beers and you have a fun time. And that's what you should time. do. If you take a Hail Mary on Trubisky, you should just get really, really, really hammered. It's the only way to deal with it. The only right. way to deal with a Trubisky flyer. All right. Good answer. As usual on those, you hit the, you usually hit it out of the park on those things. All right. <laughs> running back or higher on, we got a long uh, banner here to read JD McKissick at San Francisco. You got him as your RB 24. That's four higher than the experts. Gurley against the chargers 27. That's eight higher than the experts. Connor, uh, at Buffalo, 19. That's 10 higher than the experts. Uh, but then there's also, what, an injury factor maybe? And th- I think that's why I'm as high as I am. That typically will come down closer as the injury status gets closer and closer to game time. But he's activated. He's expected to go. So I'll rip through these ones real quick. We talked about Gibson being out. We saw 10 targets right in the uh, absence of him. Go to J.D. McKenzie, who's also already been so heavily involved as a running back. The, the key here, though, in addition to the receiving involvement, he was in McKissick for two-thirds of the goal line snaps. So even though he didn't score, Barber did plunge in for the shitty-ass, like, ugly touchdown. McKissick was in for the majority. Oh, yeah. They Loved tried- it when Barber plunged in. Yeah. <laughs> Truth just loves getting it plunged in from Barber, always. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, the, the guarantee uh, excitement from him. Um, but, yeah, McKissick was in there. So he could have been him just as easily. Um, and, and I think this is a, like, a, not the easiest of matchups, but he's out wide. He's he's all over the place. And Alex Smith loves targeting this guy. So I see you're, you're, you're getting seven to ten receptions from McKissick, which is just hugely valuable in itself. And if you get the end zone plunge because of that goal line involvement, even better. Then you got Gurley. He's facing a Chargers team that's given seven touchdowns up since their bye week. So seven touchdowns in seven weeks. And that's what Gurley's good for. He's, he's not a good player. I want nothing to do with Gurley ever. Uh, except for when he can score. And the Chargers are a team that you can score, especially on the ground against right now. So I think Gurley finds the end zone at least once. They'll do their best to keep Herbert off the field by pounding the rock. Yeah, the two recent duds have to be concerning, 
but they also came against New Orleans, who is by far the hardest team against running backs. So I'm, I'm kind of giving them a little bit of a pass here. I'm saying, okay, you got a green light matchup, your last one of the year. I'll toss you in here at running back 28. I'll put you into the flex. I think you're getting a touchdown this week. And then James Conner, they, they need him back. Snell has been horrible. They, they need a workhorse. And Buffalo's given up the 11th most points to running backs. Not a tough matchup at all. Um, and I think that game is going to be prime time, like big time gun show, just a great battle in the AFC. Uh, and I think they're going to really ride their horse uh, when they get in close. I think we get Tom, maybe even two from Connor. Pretty disappointing, disappointing run game as a whole. Um, but I'm going to go right back to the well here with the easy matchup, with the the game on the line. I think he's going to be a close to every down player. Uh, and I think he's going he's to do well for that. I'm really excited about Connor this week. All right, lower. Kareem Hunt versus Baltimore, 26. That's six lower than the experts. CH at Miami. Man, he screwed some people over last week. Uh, 31, eight lower than the experts. Damian Harris against the Rams, 33, six lower than the experts. Those are all kind of in the same general area on the list and the same general difference uh, against the experts. All guys going against potentially pretty good defenses. Uh, you know, maybe Miami not on the level of the other two, but CEH also just a huge question mark in general right now. Absolutely. I mean, that's yet one CEH just didn't play last week. And then you look at like after, every, after he made sure that we all knew he could play. Could have played. Right. Exactly. I've, that, was I've, such a, that was such a kick in the ass. Specific, that was directed directly at fantasy owners. Oh, 100%. Right. Like active, but just doesn't play. Fuck you, Andy Reid. And, and, you know, like I. <laughs> I I'm bitching about my fantasy loss, but my buddy, uh, Tuan, I don't know if you've met coach Tuan before, uh, also in my league has the most titles alongside me, a uh, big owner, great, great player. I think he has the third most points in the league this year, but, uh, he's been getting pretty fucked in that league and he lost by four and had Clyde Rutilaire get that goose egg for him on Sunday night. Just disgusting. Um, yeah, so, terrible. you know, yeah, terrible stuff. And even like if he wasn't every down snap player, Le'Veon Bell was last weekend. He got six points. Like this is just a running an offense that wants nothing to do with the running back right now. They draft a running back in round one, and they don't use him like a typical read workhorse. I guess that's what happens when you have Mahomes at quarterback. You just do everything in his hands, and and I, who can blame him? Mahomes is fucking god. So I don't expect any from the running backs here, whether Hilaire plays or not. You will not touch my lineup. I don't know how he's ranked as a, an RB2 by anybody at this point. Kareem Hunt, over the last three, running back 29, running back 34, running back 33, 9, 6, and 7, half PPR points, has exactly – the one thing that was booing his value was his receptions. 1-0-3 over his last three games, and that's against Jacksonville and Tennessee in his last two. Cakewalk matchups. How could Hunt ever be in your fucking lineups at this point? Uh, I, I have no interest in him. Chubb is the guy, and Baltimore is a brutal matchup as it is. So don't even consider Hunt. Get him the fuck off your radar. And Damien Harris is like, he's good. I like Damien Harris, but the 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 Rams are just a solid, firm defense that I don't see him. If he doesn't get into the end zone, like he might get 18 carries. But we saw Sony Michelle getting a little more involved. I don't see any reason to use a Patriots running back against a good Rams defense at all. They're too inconsistent. Nope. And Cam is the goal line back. Two, two rushing touchdowns last week. That this is such a cap to Damian Harris's ceiling. I don't understand why he's ranked as like a fringe RB2 at this point. Um, and I've been all over him all year. It, it's not the week. I'm not into him this week. No. 
All right. Hail Mary. Ty Johnson. We already talked about this at length. He's only 4% owned. They are going against Seattle. Uh, and even uglier Hail Mary than that. We t- actually talked about both these guys. Peyton Barber, 1%. Pray for a touchdown. He's going against San Francisco. Exactly. And that's really it. We talked about Ty Johnson, but just to reiterate, the every down back, essentially, once Gore went out, most pass routes run, 22 carries, over 100 yards, and a score. I mean, the guy could be a feature back in a juicy matchup against the Seahawks, and he's only 4% owned. Go get him if you need a running back, no doubt about it. If you miss out on him, then I guess Peyton Barber's your next best bet, because as we talked about, Gibson had the the 12th most carries from within the 10-yard line, the 15th most from in the red zone. They they like to pound it when they get in there close, and Smith sucks, but he can get them in there a decent amount. So even against San Fran, a tougher matchup, but we just saw the Bills dismantle them de- that defense. Uh, I, I like Barber to be a decent bet to find the end zone. So this is, again, just a, if you lost Gibson, if, if you need one of these guys in your playoffs, you're probably fucked anyways. But if you lost Gibson and that's why you're fucked, Go for Johnson first, go for Barber next, um, and just pray for a touchdown from either of them. That's that's really it for the running back, Hail Marys. The pickings, they are slim. Yes. <laughs> All right. Wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 14. That's six spots higher than the experts. Jameson Crowder playing at Seattle, wide receiver 27. That's 13 spots above the experts. That's a pretty big discrepancy. Yeah, I, Crowder more so. I can't believe how much higher I am on him compared to the experts. I don't know why they're low on him. But Deontay, just to reiterate with him, any game he's made it through, the full game, he's seen 10 or more targets. Uh, that's just insane. I think it's probably the most targets per full games. It doesn't work out that way because he's gotten hurt in a couple first quarters. And so he has a couple games with two and one targets, so we can't see a three-target game when he got hurt early on. He, he's got three duds on his resume because of that. Every other time he's been a top 25 receiver or better, uh, which is just crazy for PPR. And the fact that he's ranked, you know, outside your, your typical 25 top receivers or top 20, I guess he's number 20 in rankings. He should be considered it in every week wide receiver one, in my opinion, he's got it done against tough matchups. He's got it done against the easy matchups and Buffalo is right in the middle of the road. So I love Deontay Johnson. I love the volume he sees. And I don't think he'll get a ton of uh, Tredavious White because he moves all over the formation. So I love Deontay all day. And then Crowder. I mean, the easiest matchup for wide receivers against the Seahawks. The most points given up to them. He, we, every time he's gotten it done with Donald, he's been week one, wide receiver eight. Week twelve, week four, wide receiver 20. He had one dud, the wide receiver 67, then was the wide receiver seven last week with two touchdowns. He averages 17.4 fantasy points with Darnold as his quarterback. That would be the wide receiver. Let me just double check my list here. Wide receiver seven, right above Justin Jefferson on the season. Uh, Only six receivers average more points than Crowder does when he has Sam Darnold at quarterback. And now you're giving him the easiest matchup of all. And you're telling me he's the wide receiver 40. Come on. He's got to be in your lineups. I love Jamison Crowder this week for sure. All right, lower. Terry McLaurin playing at, against San Francisco at San Francisco. Wide receiver 23rd uh, for you. You've got him seven spots lower than the experts. Devontae Parker going against the Chiefs. You got him at 31, also seven spots below the experts. Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith, the quarterback, has just been horrendous for Terry McLaurin's value. He had that one good game against the Giants after the bye, and since then, 14 points. Okay, wide receiver 19, decent. But then 11 points, wide receiver 32. 13, wide receiver 26. And then two points last week, wide receiver 89. And those all came against bottom 10 defenses against receivers. So he had the matchup. He had the L lined up and didn't get it done. Now, San Fran, not like 
crazy threatening to wide receivers, but middle of the pack. So a hard matchup. Alex Smith just doesn't get it done with McLaurin. He doesn't sling it to him at all deep. He doesn't do it in the red zone. It's true. Not even McLaurin. I, I'm so nervous for his rest of the season value because of Alex Smith's ass. And then D- Devontae Parker, same idea. Tua, instead of Devontae Parker uh, getting getting Ryan Fitzmagic, we know how good he is with Fitzmagic, but with Tua, uh, in the eight games with Ryan Fitzmagic, he averages this year nearly 15 points per game. In the four games with Tua for a full gate, he has eight points per game. Literally almost double the points when yeah. he has Fitzmagic versus Tua. A lot of its targets, a lot of it's the quality of those targets, just slinging it deep. Uh, he's only had one double-digit game. Uh, if he had 15 against Denver all the rest seven and four and six with Tua so one for six right now in double digit point games with Tua that's not something I'm going to bet against especially against a good Kansas City secondary no matter how much they're going to have to throw not into it not into Parker ever without Fitzmagic all right Hail Mary Kiki Cutie I'd be surprised if he's around in too many situations they have him owned at 27 percent right now clear number one target in houston uh, you ha- i mean if you can get him get him sure uh, yeah. but a better hail mary from the wolf gabriel davis versus pittsburgh he's five percent owned he had a pretty big game last week i actually went against him he scored i don't know 18 19 ppr points that wasn't why i lost my team was so bad i would have lost anyway but it was still kind of a nice kick in the crotch right <laughs> why not gabriel davis just boot you while you're down some fucking nobody the dude has as you said though 15 and 14 half PPR points, PPR points. He's 18, 18. Like the guy has been great since John Brown got out. He's the deep threat. He's kind of like the, you know, Colt Beasley is obviously the number two. Diggs is the number one. But this offense can feed plenty of mouths. You know, Pittsburgh is going to put up points. Like this is a big divisional game. And even if Pittsburgh has this vaunted defensive like reputation against wide receivers, they're giving up the 10th most points on the season and they're locking down number ones decently well. Twos are putting up a pretty good amount, and then wide receiver threes are crushing the Steelers. Well, that's exactly what Gabriel Davis is, and I think he continues this streak. Wide receiver 16 and 21 across his last two weeks, and he's ranked in the wide receiver 50s. I love Gabriel Davis this week. I think he blows up. And then QT, though, obviously a a more viable Hail Mary if he's out there at 27%. And as we already said, nine targets, eight catches, 140 yards. Chicago overrated on defense and might be without Khalil Mack which only helps Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, I think both those guys, if they're out there in your waiver wire and you need a receiver, both make great plays this week. All right, tight ends. Higher on Dallas Goddard against New Orleans. You got him as your seven. That's three spots above the experts. I hope you're right. I got him. I, and I don't know that I will be. I'm pretty nervous about this one because Jay Hurts, it's like, how does this offense respond? We don't know. Like, is it to be accurate? Is he going to get it to them over the middle? Again, we don't know. Um, but – Goddard has 16, 17, and 9 in his last three games, and he's been one of the more reliable tight ends that you could could ask for. So I I think Goddard should be okay. I, I can't rank him outside my top 10 like the experts are right now just because of how good he has been as a player. You know Hurts is going to find someone to lock on. This is me betting that it is Goddard here. So I, yeah. I'm just saying you can't bench Goddard. He's been too good to you. You can't bench Goddard at this point. Gronk, he's the guy you're lower on going against Minnesota as your tight end 11, five spots lower than the experts have him. And there's not like a, I don't have a great reason for it. (laughs) Other than he's been just boom or bust lately. 1.12 points, 4 points, 14 points in his last four. 
I think Minnesota is just so bad against receivers that we're going to have a bonanza from Mike Evans, from Godwin, from Antonio Brown even. And that's just – there's just too many mouths. Maybe they can feed all four of these guys. We've seen it happen. They have in the past a couple times. Exactly. We we have definitely seen it happen. Carolina being the most recent example where all of them got theirs. But this is me saying I think the receivers go crazy and it just is not enough for Gronk. All it takes is one big play down the seam and he just makes me look like a fool for this. There's not a great reason. And if you have Gronk, you're probably not benching him. But I just I think this is, you know, alternating on and off weeks. He's due for his off week at this point. All right. Last one. Hail Mary. Cole Kmet <laughs> versus Houston. He's one percent owned. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. You have to be pretty damn desperate to Mike go drop this week. Uh, but <laughs> he, he's taken over the full down role for Jimmy Graham. And you know, Jimmy Graham had some decent days as the full down tight end in uh in Chicago. He was like was the tight end. Say, you mean like nine years ago? No, I, even this year, I'm telling you, he was like the tight end seven through I think five or six weeks of the season. Uh, and this offense, yeah, you know, the tight end seven. I saw a stat if you're the tight end seven, it meant, meant you were like a point and a half better than like the tight end 20. Yeah, I, I probably he had, right. some, I, he had some moments, but come on. <laughs> and that's really it is he's had moments and that's because, you know, Nagy does come from the Reed tree. We've seen what that means for Kelsey. Like obviously you need a talent like Kelsey to be able to pull that off. Well, Komet was the highest ranked tight end by all draft Knicks this, this year. Rookie tight ends typically come along slowly, but it seems like he has officially emerged, played 54 snaps compared to 34 for Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham saw one target. It didn't have a catch. And Cole Komet had seven targets, five receptions, 37 yards, and a TD. I mean, he's an athletic guy, big body. And Trubisky seems to like this guy since Trubisky's taken over. We've seen Komet's role continue to rise. It seems like they're trying to play like, what do we have in our rookie? Let's get him involved. Let's see how he responds. And honestly, he's responding pretty damn well so far. So, you know, the the matchup's okay against Houston, like a, a pretty generous defense to all positions. I'm if I'm desperate at tight end again, desperate, desperate, desperate. Yeah, yeah. I could see Cole Komet getting a touchdown, getting 50 yards, and being like, "Damn, thank you, Will, for that hail mary." We'll find out. All right. Without further ado, let's get into the mailbag. You've handled yourself well. Yes, I'm doing my best here. But I will be back tomorrow, Thursday night football kickoff, right before our Pats game. Given it's a bad game, it might be one of those. And given that I have no investment in fantasy, it might be back to one of those Thursdays. You guys have seen oh, you're it. Just, you you're just going to enjoy football, right? You're just there. You're I'm just gonna, glad you can finally enjoy football, right? I can just enjoy some pure fantasyless football and fucking, pff, fucking hate my life. But that's, I like when, probably, that's like when Will Farrell in old school, and he's like, oh, it's actually going to be a nice little Saturday. Yeah, uh, right. Go down to <laughs> Home Depot or whatever the fuck he said. That's exactly. you right now, dude. You're going to have that you're going to have a nice little Sunday. Oh, fucking hate my life. But you guys are, again, the only reason why I'm still doing this because I love all of you. So find us at your socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere, at Rotor Street Wolf for me personally. Uh, you can subscribe and review the pod. would mean the world to us. Likes and subscriptions on all your other spots. YouTube, Facebook also help us out so much. Wolfpack, thank you so much. Consider doing that for us. We'll talk about on Sunday ways you can also help us in terms of testimonials. I know a lot of you guys message in, uh, you know, how can we help the show? 
we'll come up with a way, you know, you guys just come we'll in and showing up, up is obviously the biggest help, but you know, if you want to send in a testimonial, maybe even a few dollars, I uh, will give you guys ways, but it's not an expectation at all. The fact that you guys show up is the best. So cheers to Mitch. Cheers to fat boy. <laughs> Love you all. Uh, and best of luck week 14 wolf pack hope to see you tomorrow and the rest of the week for some other shows. And if not best of luck, cheers guys. All right. Later guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Old-fashioned football right there, folks.